At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Good morning, everybody. Hey, it's Friday. Finally, we made it to the end of the week. Uh, Also the first Friday of summer. So uh, between that, between the fact that the markets are up again, uh, I'm in a pretty good mood this morning, I got to say. Story of the day, theme of the day is going to be a lot of earnings. And the question we are asking is, how will we know? How How do we know? when the market has bottomed. Hopefully, our guest, Cameron Dawson, can help answer that question. But we had a a very mixed bag of earnings overnight. We got some good earnings. We got some bad earnings. We got some meh earnings, middle of the ground. Um, so strap in, buckle those seatbelts, smash that like button. Pre-market prep starts right now. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Let's bring on Joel and Dennis, and I'm going to ask Joel for the third time today to share his charts with us kindly. If he, There they are. Uh, Dennis is looking down on his phone, but we're back. Yeah. We're on. Good morning. Good morning. How's everyone doing today? Uh, doing well. 35-point uh, range overnight. Uh, we're up three handles, 58.75. Uh, crude, down mm-hmm. 68, 113.41. Uh, gold trying to clear that resistance at uh, the 1870 area. That's up 860, 1862 and a half. Uh, silver up 38 and a half cents, 2235. Uh, Bitcoin, that's sinking. That's down 600 bucks, 28,785. And cool. Ethereum continues to uh, just wither away, uh, down 60 bucks at 1763. I'm so Joel, glad I sold that Ethereum. Joel, Joel, why is your AMC, the bottom right chart, is stuck on AMC for some reason? Oh, because that's the because only Ethereum and AMC are the same thing. I don't think someone. Oh, uh, because I had to do a linkage. Oh, caught. And, uh, yeah, he was looking at AMC, AMC for the apes out that's there. Apes love the AMC. Hey, yeah, that, I got to tell you, the, ape, the apes they they're they're eating their bananas here again. Those apes because we got GME yeah. going bananas. Yeah. AMC not as much, but GME holy mac. I guess. Oh, but I forgot. GME isn't the isn't the apes. The apes are only in AMC, right? 
Um, uh, doesn't GME have their I, own thing? I got. I, I I'm not up on my on my my. I don't. I'm not either. I call them all apes, but they're gonna be mad about that. Uh, there's gonna be mad. There's always gonna be mad. About I don't this. think the Game Stoppers are apes. Stock goes right. up. They're mad. Stock Chat. Up, they're what do you mad. call the Game Stoppers? The AMC guys are apes. Guys and girls are apes. What are the Game Stoppers? Are they apes too? I don't. I, I don't know. I'll be honest. I really don't know. Well, we're asking. Chad always knows. Or Chad's smart. Chad so. always knows. All right. Well, let's. In the meantime, let's t- let's talk about overall market here for a second, and then we'll go to the individual stocks. Because uh, as just, as Joel just said, enlightened us, we are higher. Um, I mean, not in not in crypto, not in in crude, but we're higher in the major uh, stock index futures this morning. I guess the Russell's flat, but the, the Nasdaq is looking up. The S and P's are looking up, and we're going to close green for the week here. Thoughts on uh, yesterday's? What a jinx us now. Now we'll have a two thousand point sell off. Right. So, all thanks to Spencer. Right. So thoughts on yesterday's rally and, and where that leaves us heading into today, uh, which should should most likely be a lower volume day. I don't even know what to say on this market. It is a tricky market to trade. So just when you think. That it can't go lower, it doesn't go lower, and turns around and starts going higher. So I have no idea. This is just the weirdest market to trade. Mm-hmm. So obviously, still fading moves is working, but I mean, the GameStop. I just want to take it back to that. Like you can yeah. tell when retail starts to feel comfortable again, and they start buying the stock. And there is definitely a correlation with GameStop moves and mar- the market as well. It's not its own animal. Like as the market and the retail gets really hammered, they're not buying GameStop, but they came in. The last two days, they took GameStop up 50% in two days. And I don't think it's a coincidence that the S&P had a great two days as well here, Joel. So, I mean, it really, you know, retail, whether, you know, obviously people, you know, a lot of people think they don't know what they're doing. There's a lot of smart traders in retail as well. It's 26%, I believe, of the market volume here now. I'm not sure. That was a, a staff from last year. I'm not sure if it's right on the money. But, you know, it's significant. It used to be 12 years ago. So retail is a big influence on this market now. And I think when you see stocks like GME starting to pop off again, it makes you think, well, you know, I'm scared to be short anything. Uh, you had seven down weeks in a row in the S&P. I believe it was eight in the Dow. So you can't yep. keep going down every week, right? There has to be, you know, uh if everyone's considering this a bear market, a bear market rally, um, you had a nice setup, you know, earlier in the week. You, had, you tested under 3,900 again. Uh, you know, good day on Monday. Gave back some on Tuesday. That, you know, 3,900 was uh, defended. Uh, it's it's a rally. I mean, like I said, I don't pay a huge attention to volume, but, I, you know, it's a lot less than it was when they were selling. So, um the big money's either just lightening up and there's nothing out there they want to buy and uh, getting a little bit of a rally here. So It's uh, such a hard market to figure out, like day to day. And everybody thinks, oh, it's just been so easy on the shorts and I'm going to start shorting stocks. And the violent, there's little violent pops, though. And this is typical of a bear market. You have, you know, the escalator down and the elevator up. It's the exact same opposite as it is in 2020 when you're in a bull market. You have wicked little bounces because people are short in stocks and they're getting their head ripped off. And there has been some absolutely wicked bounces in this market. And really in the last three days, it was a pretty wicked bounce too. I mean, we got through 386, Joel, on Wednesday and it looked like we were going to retest the lows. And then, boom, we're up 200 points on the S&P in less than two and a half days. Not even with like a major catalyst though. Like it wasn't like, oh, this was the driver. Um, You know, we did have some earnings report. We did have some Powell speak. But for the most part, 
It's just was me, you know, you could call it a dead cat bounce, but maybe it was just seller exhaustion. Yeah. Like we've been hammering stocks and been hitting stocks and hitting stocks pretty much for six weeks straight. And what we've been saying is a lot of stocks are oversold, but it's hard to be a buyer when stocks are making new lows. So, you know, it did work in the last three days. If you were buying stocks, you know, even Snapchat after the disappointing report has bounced back. We've definitely seen a buy the dip mentality come back into this market in the last few days. Some of these earning stocks were really hit hard. Um, and there, and there is like, we like the Snapchats, but there's other ones that were coming back here too. I mean, we talked about the Dick Sporting Goods. It was down 10 bucks on the report and it closed up 10 bucks. And then it continues to tack on the Dollar Tree and Dollar General are nothing short of miracles for people who were long those stocks. I mean, you know, boom, they fall 30% basically in about a month and they get it all back pretty much in one day. So it's it's definitely a mixed bag in retail. And, you know, even if you're looking back, um, ju- just even looking here at, you know, big lots this morning, I mean, it, it tells you how mixed of a bag it is in retail because you got big lots down 18%. So it's like random stocks, random walk, for every retail stock, and that's an yeah. interesting market. And, and I've definitely I've seen some speculation out there. I think Goldman Sachs had a note out yesterday speculating on some end of the month systematic pension mm-hmm. fund type of flows, and that plus the incremental uh, buyback demand for via buybacks, and that could provide a demand floor for the market, but. Those are more media stories, though, to be honest with you. Like the Russell rebalance is something, but when you're just talking, you know, okay, well, we're going to chalk this up to end of the month pension buying. I mean, it's a a media, like looking for an excuse. And, you know, we know this. You know, the reporters call me and you try to talk to them technically or something. They don't want that. They're like, well, that has to be a fundamental driver because they can't write in an article about, you know, oh, yeah, we had a technical bounce off of this. You know, they can't write any of that stuff. Nobody wants to hear about a chart. They want to hear something concrete. So sometimes, you know, we'll just chalk it up. Oh, it's the end of the month. It must be, you know, pension. Hey, hey, Goldman Goldman said that, okay? I'm not saying – I don't think Goldman knows everything either, though. Uh, you got okay. analysts. You have a bazillion – there's a lot of different analysts at Goldman, and you know, and it's one thing. And, and, you know, there's definitely something. There's Russell rebounds coming. Don't kid yourself. Those they do move stocks, but to chalk up every you know just a pension buying or stuff like that, I don't give that any weight at all. Okay. Yeah, I mean it's just a thing that's out there. And um, I just you know, uh, Dennis, you talked about Wednesday, but it, it was two Monday. We had a good day to start the week, and then Tuesday we got snapped, right? Yes, and and they took the market I like down. That. I like that. I'm uh... one stock, you know, that no one really cares about, right? And uh, and then after that, you know, I mean, to whack Google like they did on that, to whack it was Facebook, yeah. I mean, yes, there's you know these companies are related. They they do have you know the same modes, but it you know it, it's such a they're such bigger companies. And uh, and then the market got kind of smart yesterday because they you know they're okay, we're going to whack Nvidia, right? And what are they, you know, and then that ended up having a, a, a big reversal. And NVIDIA is a, a big component of the S&P 500 index. You know, Tesla. And they bought hit, that dip hard. They you bought that dip hard. Might. Is they, Tesla can... related to Snapchat? You know, does Tesla, you don't need to go down like it did? Oh, and how about Apple? Because Bloomberg says that they're, uh, you know, lowering production or something. You're going to, you know, when the S&P is, you know, up 30, 40 points, you're going to have Apple down, 
two or three points. Well, it can happen, but they came in there. They bought it's seven bought bucks the off the morning too. low from yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, part of that NVIDIA pot may have been Kathy Wood because she was buying yesterday. So I uh, give her no weight now. I'm joking. Girl. I'm joking. Give, give me, give but me but people will think that. And right. I give that no weight now, like zero. <laughs> that gets negative weight. All right. So nobody's looking at what she's buying. I've, okay. Everybody's unsubscribed okay. to her letter. Let's, I mean, she she's become, you know, what, what Mark Shaken said six months right. ago, she's becoming irrelevant. She's become irrelevant. This is my own fault. Okay. All right. So, I mean, but, wow. but take it back to Apple. Apple was a good reversal, Joel. What Joel was just saying was absolutely correct. They came in yesterday buying the dip. And even taking it back to Snapchat conversation, we talked about that. Because the, the, market, some, the market came up with this whole premise that online advertising is dead. Is dead. Because Snapchat, because Snapchat you know, was showing you know, slowing growth here. But we know, to Spencer Israel's point on the show that morning, if Snapchat wasn't getting hit from, you know, uh, from the consumer, you know, not sorry, from the advertiser not spending as much, they're getting hit because advertisers are spending on TikTok. I mean, that's where they got TikTok. You know, that that's the bottom line is Snapchat got TikTok. Google's not getting TikTok. So, I mean, that was a ridiculous sell-off in Google. That was a ridiculous sell-off in the overall market just because of Snapchat. Because I think the writing is on the wall for Snapchat. I don't think people are using the app as much. And TikTok has come for their lunch. So there's still that hope here. And I think investors are seeing that now. That maybe Snapchat was just a one-off. And maybe Google, you know, isn't going to have and Facebook isn't going to have the disappointment that Snapchat did. I mean, Facebook's earnings were a month before and they were fine. So I think... Online advertising is still happening. I think, you know, we're still got got a lot of issues, but to just think online advertising is dead and you saw people saying that, that was an over that was an overshoot to the downside on the Snapchat earnings. Yeah, and just one final note too, uh, with the way the market got targeted and uh Walmarted, right? Um the consumer like the depression, recession, depression is here. Like it's like people everyone stopped shopping at every single store. Because of the Walmart and Target earnings. I mean, that was, you know, people are still shopping. Yeah, you know, yeah, we got high inflation. Interest rates are going up. We're probably having a recession. Don't know about the depression. I mean, it's just, you know, it's just the the extreme overreaction to a couple of earnings reports. And they were late in earnings season. So, uh, but um, that's it. Let's go to some of those retail reports that we got just overnight here. And we already mentioned one of them. There are two big disasters today. There's Big Lots and The Gap. And the reports are more or less, they more or less say the same thing. Okay. Uh, So I'll just, we'll do them, we'll do them together here. Okay. The big lots of EPS, they lost 39 cents per share last quarter. Uh, in the same quarter a year ago, they made $2.62 a share. So from a $2.62 uh, earnings per share gain to a 39 cent earnings per share loss on a year over year basis. Um, so big, big miss there. The gap, they lost money. Uh, the gap said they're um, same story as. Uh, what? Who, who said it? Uh, Kohl's, right? And Target, the inventory, they have too much stuff in their stores. They can't get through it. Big Lot basically said the same thing. They both said the same thing. Too much inventory, not enough sales. And those stocks both going down, but we've seen some of these retail stocks rallying. So it's a mixed bag again in retail. I think it's not just everything. It's just been a mixed bag. So, I mean, the Gap, we're really expecting much from the Gap. 
Well, honestly, the problem with the gap is they have that athleta. The problem with is, the gap is the gap. Well, but the gap has athleta, which is like this hugely successful brand. But then they have like Old Navy that there that is not right. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's like they have they have a diamond buried in there, but there's a whole bunch of crap around it. Whole uh, bunch of crap around it. Yeah. I mean, the gap has been a dog for a decade. I mean, let's really take this tar- stock chart back, Joel. I mean, where did the gap top out here? I'll like, if go we go back, back to the oh, gap, yeah, we're going to GPS yeah. first. Yeah, GPS. I mean, okay. this stock was what sixty, seventy dollars a decade ago. It's nine bucks now. So you put your money in there ten years ago, lose ninety percent. Maybe I'm wrong. It was forty-five? Was that the high, or was it even higher before that? Uh, I see the forty-five, forty-six. Uh, uh, the the all-time high was the dot-com bubble. Down. The gap was uh, back. The, the, the all-time high back then, fifty-three dollars. 53 bucks, so yeah, it's nine like now. So 20 years of investing in the gap, you've lost 80% of your money. That's telling you there's better places for your money. You're bottom fishing in this one, this one. I don't know if it's a zero, but I just I don't see the path where they're turning this whole thing around. This is your next big retailer. I just think you've got better places for your money. Uh, under 10 bucks now. Um I'm trying to think. People look at that dividend, Joel. They're going to look at the dividend and say it's 6% now. I don't know. Is that safe? Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. But the value investors will look at this and say, and that's what I'm looking at my thing. I didn't even know it had a 6% yield, but I'm looking at it right now. It says 6.66%. That's kind of scary. Um, Is that like a regular dividend? I didn't even know that. I didn't even know it had that kind of dividend. I mean, I, I, I think it's fair to speculate on the safety of that dividend, frankly, I think so too. So, <laughs> and I, they don't—they don't think they said anything about the dividend. But I—it's fair to speculate on when a when a when an earnings report is as bad as that. I mean, they guided for revenue to be to to fall on a year-over-year basis. Okay. Yeah, you don't um, want to see that. And so dividends are are not. It's one thing for earnings. revenue to decline; it's another thing for it to fall. And then you look at it here, and they see earnings. 30 to 60 cents versus a dollar 34 and you're like okay can they pay that dividend how much is the dividend you know that's probably more <laughs> that's than 30 to 60 cents i'm just trying to figure it out here right wow, now the down dividend. two bucks they should get off of uh gap the dividend apparently. 60 cents so if they're making 30 to 60 they would have to put it all out the 100 percent of it i don't know that's uh, yeah the dividend doesn't look safe at all uh Someone's hanging out at nine bucks. Uh, nine thirty-three was your June two thousand twenty low, and then if you want to go lower than that, I mean six fifty-four was your April two thousand twenty low. I'll go out on a limb and and say that uh, you don't you don't see that six fifty-four today. Someone's just bringing some stock in at nine, and out of ones that have like wicked rallies back. Uh, with that looming dividend news, uh, you know, I, I don't know if this is going to be the one that all of a sudden, hey, I'm back. We're a scratch on this one because this is good volumes already traded over a million shares. I think this is uh, not a great candidate for just a snapback rally. I, I, yeah, this yeah. isn't a, this isn't Nvidia. We'll just say that this okay, is not Nvidia. And and let's also throw American Eagle in this category as well because it's more or less the same story here. But let's move on. But I just and... want to say, big lots. Uh, yeah. If you felt like you missed the low of the move, uh, it was twenty four eighty seven. You did get lower than that. It's just hanging out here. So uh, that's the low of the move twenty four eighty seven. Uh, your next month 
historically low. You don't want to know if you're long 23, 27. I think if you want to try it, that's your bounce area. I mean, you have it. It's right there. Obviously, you know, if it started cutting down and making new lows in the regular session, then you got to get the hell out of it. But let's see if it can bounce there. I uh, Out of all these three, I would I would not be buying the dip in Gap. I would not be buying the dip in American Eagle, I don't think. Um, I I've, Although I didn't look at the American Eagle report at all. So I definitely wouldn't buy the, the Gap. I shouldn't comment on American Eagle because I didn't really it's, look at the it's the same as It's the same as the other two. Not good. Yeah, it's more. Big lots, I'd be more inclined to buy the dip, but I don't think I want to own any of these things. None of these are best in breed, I'll tell you that much. And I haven't liked big lots, like I said before, since they cleaned up the stores. They're I mean, better if- when they were trashy. I know. I, we, we know you like that. 1161. <laughs> 1161. That's your uh, low of the move so far in American Eagle Outfitters. That's right here. And um, actually, you got you got a t- potential area, potential area of support because you had two lows between 1161 and 1202. So that just tells me someone was targeting the $12 area. So you're at 1222, down a buck 80, 105,000 shares. Uh, retail is just clearly a story of the has and have nots. Like you can look yeah. at Ulta, Ulta Beauty today, which is you know an entirely different business. It's obviously it's it's not it's not clothes, it's makeup, and it, they blew it away. Their EPS they they crushed the estimate last night. Okay, estimate for their EPS was at four dollars forty six cents. They said, nah, we're, <laughs> we're going to report six dollars and thirty cents wow. earnings per share. Yeah. Sales came in higher. They, they raised their guidance for the year. Oh, everything above the estimates. It was just a blowout report for Ulta compared to the estimates last night. And, and you know, we, we you can scoff all you want about whether moves are justified. and But, we frankly, estimates exist, so we have something to measure these reports against. Yeah, And it, 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 it's, it's sort of unfair, but that's the way it is. And in this case, Ulta came in above theirs, and that's why the stock is higher. This makes common sense. Again, I'm going to say there's been so much common sense in this market in 2022. The market that traded on zero common sense in 2020 trades, it feels like, only on common sense in 2022. And it doesn't price in anything. And if you just think about it, why would Alta Beauty, why would that do better? Well, maybe because people are going back to work. Maybe it's because people are getting out there again. We're all cooped up. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh. I'm going back to work. I, Alta Beauty benefits from that. This is know. a reopening stock. I, I, I don't know if that's as obvious to me. I I, I don't know. I, I get what you're saying, but I, if you had, I I, w- I didn't say that yesterday. I, I didn't say yesterday because I didn't even think about Alta Beauty. But looking in hindsight, it's like why didn't we think of that? I don't know. Why didn't we maybe. think that this is the kind of company that actually people are going back? You know, and I don't know. Maybe they care what they look like. All the ladies in the chat help us out on this because it doesn't seem. Well, I don't know. Maybe Dennis is right, uh, but whatever. That's, that's my thought process. Okay. So I'm, and maybe I'm wrong, but it kind of makes intuitive sense to me that they actually did well because okay. you know travel really picked it up last quarter. You know, you got makeup, hair care, skin care, people. You know, all of a sudden they're not working from home. It's like, well, I've got to go back to the. I'm going to go back to my Ulta Beauty. Maybe they took off from there for a year. Now all of a sudden it's like, well, I'm going back. Big old pop, man. Five four thirty. This thing was at three thirty three days ago, and now it's at, it hit four thirty right on the kisser. If I had this, I probably would have been selling at four hundred. Oh yeah, I, I would too. I see a couple tops there. I see two daily tops, and 
I see another one just above that. So still at 407.49. I mean, that's good. 404 was a daily high. I, if someone's, if, you know, if, if investors that are long bought the dip, if, if they're not willing to let it go at 4410, uh, then wait for the pre-market high. But that, that, that's a big move up on 14,000 shares. I well, mean, I traded a little more last night. Okay. But, and, and to the, to the point here, it's like, okay, we should have thought of that before the report, but am I buying it up after? I'm not chasing no. something up 30 bucks in a bear market, and especially not chasing it up 60 or $50, which was up last night in a bear market. So I think you're in the register. I think if you were smart enough to own this thing before, congratulations, you had the good trade. Two days ago, this thing was $330, goes up 100 points in three days. When you're in a bear market and your stock jumps 25% in three days, what do you do? Take it. You sell it. Yeah, that's it. Because the bear market didn't go away, folks. Well, how's Elf away. doing? Is Elf getting a pop off this? Well, well, Elf Elf's already good. Elf already reported, and it was well. It was actually no, wasn't it last night? It may, or two nights ago? Two nights ago. Well, Elf know, popped two Elf, days ago. Elf was look telling the, you what to do. Look at the wicked report. Was it? Was it Elf? Elf already reported, and they were good too. That's why it popped. Uh, yeah. So we we're, we're so dumb. We didn't even look at that. We're so dumb. <laughs> Well, okay. What about what else is there? I can't Estee even believe Lauder? I, I can't even. Oh, yeah. Estee Lauder. Let's go. Let's go with the. Ooh. Well, and now, now the bar is hot. Estee Lauder reported too, and they beat too. Man, we just didn't read the reports. What are we doing on this? Show? How do they gap El down on that? Oh, because they guided down. E- El was three. El, El had a good ago. report, but then they guided down. They they mm. they did. They, yeah, well, they yeah, the, yeah, was the, gap the, down the earnings were good, but the guidance was light. Oh, there throws a hole. F- All there right. would, and I, I'm sure I've said this a hundred times before, but um, in the S&P 500 pit, there was a lady named Estee Lauder. I never talked to her. Was it her? She started <laughs> it, I, it might be a descendant, I think. <laughs> was it her? I had to say it. I, you know, I, yeah, had to say I don't it. know. I think her, guess what her badge was? EL. I, th- I think it was Oh, was it or was it ESTE? I can't remember. Okay, moving on. What about Costco here? This is this is the when I referred to the earnings at the top of the show. I said there's good, there's bad, and there's this is the meh. important one. There's it, it, Costco's meh. It, it's it's flat this morning. I mean, here's the bottom line: this this company uh, reports double digit growth, uh, double digit sales growth. Like like a clock, basically. Every single quarter, they report double-digit sales growth. Same story yesterday. Uh, the earnings beat by a penny. Uh, EPS sales came in a little bit higher as well. It's just a well-oiled machine. They definitely did not blow it away, but it's it's Costco. They they keep moving. They just keep trucking. Com, like, comp sales were up 16% on a year-over-year basis in the U.S. It's just... They can't. Yeah. Walmart, can't Target, this thing gets killed without. We we were talking with Costco. They knocked 200 points off the price of Costco. And Costco didn't even say anything. Yeah. Now they come out and the earnings were fine. So the stock actually is going down a little bit on it, but because we just rallied $60 in the last five days. So, you know, I think they probably come in and buy the dip on Costco. I think they already tried to do it to a certain extent last mm-hmm. night. I don't know if this is rip roaring and going to rip your face off to 500 or anything, but, and a lot of people are sitting on the sidelines. Stephanie Link said it last night too. I mean, she's like, she'd love it to come down more to pick it up at a lower PE. I would love it to come down more to pick it up at a lower PE too, because this company is awesome. This company is not going away. Um, it's still trading with a PE of like 26 or 27, I think though. Last time I checked. So I'd love it down at 20. 
I don't think you're going to ever get Costco down that low, though. So at a certain point in time, money managers will come in to buy this stock. They already did the last five, six days. The earnings were fine. I think dips start to get bought in Costco. Again, I'd, I don't own it. I'd love it, you know, to come down like 350, 400. I put it in the long-term portfolio because it's just a fantastic company. My wife has wanted it in her portfolio forever because she goes to Costco. She's like, buy me Costco, buy me Costco. I was like, I can't pay 40 times earnings. I don't like it. It's been the call, though. You can. You can, though. You just uh, have you to. Should have. You should have in 2020. You just have to want to. Yeah. Uh, you know, the fact that, man, it, it didn't even come close to filling the gap here. Uh, just, uh, really, I, I thought maybe they get a little crazy and take it up to 480. So your short term target right now is 469. That's 12 bucks up because uh, that's your pre market high. And then a, a gap fill. Would be at four eighty twenty three, uh, coming down. Man, you're down in yesterday's. This is a tough one. I, I wish. Well, and you're not going to see the pre market low either, though. I've said that before, and they've really tagged it. I mean, if you could get it at the top of yesterday's range, being a cheapie on a short term trade, four forty. Uh, the top of yesterday's range was it yesterday? No, the top of the uh, the fill the gap is four forty three twenty six. Uh, okay, I think we can move away from retail now. Uh, there's a couple more I want to get to, and then we'll bring on our guest. Uh, software stocks. Um, Workday. Workday. Is there any SaaS company that isn't lowering the bar for themselves or putting cautious statements <clears throat> out there? I, I can't think of one. I think they're all trying to project this air of caution. I, I, and for good reason, because Workday, I mean, last night, th- their report was – I mean, it was, it was it was okay. Their EPS missed by a whopping three cents, which isn't isn't a big deal. Eighty three cents versus eighty six cents. Sales were in line, um, but the sentiment in the in the whole SaaS space is negative right now. Uh, and thank you, Beans and Rice, for me. So Salesforce, which is the king of SaaS, reports on uh, Tuesday. Um, but I, I can't think of a software stock that is projecting an air of confidence right now. I really can't. I think this dip gets bought in Workday. Same as an, it's not as loved as Nvidia, but it's still a pretty loved name. Down eight percent. Money managers will look. Okay, I think I might have missed the bottom. This is the thought process. This is literally what happens out there. Money managers that have too much cash, me being one of them for my own investment portfolio, look at something like this and think, well, maybe I did. Maybe we did bottom. And no, I don't. I'm not of that same opinion um, that I think we bottom. But I, there's a potential that we did five days ago. So if you're sitting with too much cash, you're like, okay, well, I need to put something to work. Am I putting it in the gap? No. Am I putting it in American Eagle? No. Am I putting it on a workday? Yep. Just the same reason they bought NVIDIA yesterday. They might buy workday on this dip. So I'd be inclined actually to buy the dip on workday. Uh, you're two no on, I, pre-market low, uh, 152. You're two and a half. But what happened? We got a number. We just popped. We just popped. What we get? PCE. We got a number. Did we? we just had a 10 okay. point pop. Call, yeah. Oh my gosh. You call me. And they come right back down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. I, what did we, did we even get a number? Honestly? I think we did. Cause it ticked eight 30. Someone was talking about uh, a PCE number or something. Oh, personal, personal income yeah, down personal up 0.4%. was supposed to be up 0.5%. Oh, oh, give me a break. What the come hell does on. that mean? Anyways. Come on. Yeah. Okay. Right. PCE price index up 0.3%. Next. All right. Moving oh, on. Oh, guys, they're pulling the rug out from under it. When I said sell that, y'all should have went. Sell, y'all should have went. Sell. Oh, little pop. Joke. You guys should have went. Sell. 
Sell. Give me a break. Sell. Look all at right. that. Sell, Woo! sell the rips. Buy the There's dips. Sell the game, the game yeah. has changed. Woo! All right. Um, Workday. Good commercials that Spencer didn't know about. Workday. What are they? Workday. Workday. You're on mute. It's like Joel. Yeah, You're on Spencer mute. Did, yeah, I know. Get Workday. <laughs> yeah, Joel, I haven't seen those because I, I've, I've lived those. Okay? I, I don't need to. We do love those. <laughs> Joel, you're on mute. I've lived those. Workday. 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 <laughs> uh, what someone said, are you guys okay? Uh, no, if you turn into the show every Never. day, you know this is the way it is. Never okay. Uh, uh, I can't. I mean, one fifty-two. I'd say. I wanted to say there was a monthly low at uh, one fifty, one fifty, but I'd be lying. Uh, so that's one forty-four eighty-one. So I don't know. Kind of close to the pre-market low. One fifty-two, one fifty. Just kind of popping out a number to me. You know, like wow. If this, this was at three hundred, that's almost a two-for-one stock split. See what happens at one fifty. Maybe you can find some daily lows or weekly lows in that area. All right, last one, and then we'll bring on our guest. Uh, did you guys see Dell? This one kind of this one surprised me, honestly, because Dell, the earnings per share beat, sales beat, uh, and they didn't. Oh, I, I, didn't, I didn't really see anything too much from them about the supply chain, and that's that's what every, it seems like every hardware company, all the chip manufacturers, are blaming supply chains, and I just sort of assumed that that would that would extrapolate to hardware as well. But um, that doesn't appear to have been the case. Uh, so this company just makes a I, hell of a lot of money. I this is kind of confusing. They always have. It's always traded with this like low multiple value stock, and it just doesn't perform. I've owned it a couple of times, and it's been a value trap. I mean, obviously, twenty twenty one, I guess, has a pretty good run. But this thing trades like what's the four p on this thing? I'll tell you. It's like seven. It's always, but it's why always, is it so cheap? I guess it's because it's computers. Nobody cares. Uh, forward PE on Dell is six point five. Yeah, it's the, always just traded dirty. The, the, it's all, like the all time, the all time high for the forward PE, or maybe not. At least going back the last few years is nine. nine I know nine point two. Nine point. Why don't they just up the dividend and turn this into the like the value investors' dream? Because they could double the dividend they could literally double the dividend and they'd have lots of coverage the stock is just so cheap it's always been so cheap i would buy pullbacks on dell i'm not chasing it up 10 percent. i've actually it's kind of slipped through my the radar here in the last month because it's not something i think about maybe it's something investors don't think about but i mean the stock has always been just dirt cheap I was thinking about this stock, and uh, because of the you know the VMware uh, getting taken over, I don't know if they have any interest in that anymore. So I was thinking, mm-hmm. and I asked you about that, Dennis, and you were supposed to research it, and I don't know if you did in your free time, but they could have benefited from that. But it's a nice pop. I mean, I only buy Dells. I mean, I don't. That's. I mean, I've been using them for a hundred years, so they last a long really? time. Wow, uh, fifty. Impressive. 50 it got close to 50 that's a big move uh you see some daily highs just under that so it might get back up there but i think the first time it got back up there i think it'd be you have to look at that as resistance and this why didn't warren pick hewlett packard over dell yeah i don't know uh next Honor, time. we should get warren on the show we can ask him that question get warren next ne- week line ne- him up next time i see him at the mcdonald's drive-thru i'll i'll ask HPQ uh, is uh, trading up, obviously, off of uh, Dell as well. So if you're wondering why HPQ is up, that is all Dell. 
All right, it's 835. Let's bring on our guest uh, for the day, Cameron Dawson, one of our favorites, Chief Investment Officer at New Edge Wealth. Here she is, Ms. Dawson. Good morning. How are we doing today? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming, I wish I'd used Indeed. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility all at Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P. Just go to Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Good morning, guys. How are you? Uh, before we proceed, and you were kind enough once again to send us uh, some some slides, I do want to ask mm-hmm. you. Uh, we were earlier we had a brief discussion about Ulta Beauty. Dennis said, "Oh, this makes sense. It's kind of a reopening trade in a way." I'm not quite sure. I, I I'm on the same page there. Uh, I don't know if you can maybe you can't talk specific companies, but like generally speaking, does that logic make sense to you? Why a company like Ulta Beauty would just blow it away last quarter? I'm pretty certain that I was $1 of the entire $2 earnings beat. If you could <laughs> look at the cardboard boxes in my house. Uh, yeah, I look, It's you're, you're out and about more, you're seeing people, and goodness, they have great deals that just hook you in. Uh, they do these 50% off deals, and yeah, it's, I, I think I'm, I'm most of it. <laughs> Uh, Cameron, I want to hop in here real quick. I want to uh, congratulate you uh, on uh, your your new job, uh, CIO. Tell us about that. Tell us a little bit about uh, what your company, your new company, and what you're doing over there. Sure. I'm so excited. So I just joined New Edge Wealth to be their chief investment officer, and we are a high net worth, ultra high net worth private wealth manager growing really rapidly. And it's just a fantastic team with great resources. So I'm thrilled and honored to be able to step into this seat. Uh, let's talk about um, the market here, uh, Cameron. Uh, I made the question of today's show, how do we know that the stock market has bottomed. I think I, I got that's like the vibe I got from the slides that you sent us over. So I'm, I'm going to bring a few of them up here. I don't know where you want to start, but can you help us answer that question? 
Sure. We've been talking about this really for the last couple of months of looking for those signs of capitulation. And, and you know, I think that that capitulation has become such a buzzword. But what we're really looking for is signs that things have gotten so bad that they're good, whether it's from a positioning flush. We can look at signs that that we really haven't seen that big uh, rush for the exits, people just selling indiscriminately, reaching for downside protection in in a really aggressive way those kinds of of readings are elevated but they're certainly not at extremes yet but then we have to look at what's being priced into the market mm-hmm. and i think that there was a narrative that emerged that after a 20% or near 20% downdraft in the s&p that certainly the the market was pricing in a recession and here you know gdp growth estimates are certainly not supportive that we're in a recession today of course we had that negative revision down yesterday about GDP from the first quarter. But if you look, Atlanta Fed GDP now has been hovering right around 2% for the second quarter. So if we're using the traditional measure of recession, it doesn't look like we'll have two quarters in a row of negative GDP growth. So certainly estimates are coming down, but we're not pricing in some super dire scenario. And I think that's the same with uh, with the charts. And, and goodness, I should have sent you a PDF instead of a PowerPoint. I apologize for the, for the the lack of formatting, uh, but but you know one of the things that we're seeing is EPS estimates are starting to come down, and I think that there's if we break that apart, you know, we still see EPS estimates at ten and a half percent for 2022. They're at 9% for 23 and 9% for 24. That's not recessionary. If we were recessionary, you'd see those things get slashed in a quite meaningful way. Now, I think we can acknowledge that a lot of the Uh, upside in EPS estimates that have happened this year have all been from energy stocks. The last six months, energy estimates for EPS growth for 22 have gone from 20% up to 120%. And the inverse has happened with consumer discretionary. It's gone from 45% to just above 20%. So obviously, big winners and losers here is we're in this inflationary environment. Uh, but you know, I, I think that if we really were to be in a recession or looking like we were going into it, certainly we wouldn't have 20% plus growth within our consumer discretionary stocks. Those would be much lower. So I don't think we've necessarily priced in a worst case scenario, but that doesn't that doesn't rule out a near-term bounce from here. And I think that's a little bit of a separate discussion about you know what you know what bull traps or or bear market rallies can look like and how we should how we should use them in, you know, to our benefit. Cameron, do you like to see um uh you know insider buys that shows that mm-hmm. um you know that the the people that lead the company are showing confidence in the company. Mm-hmm. Insider sales really don't mean you know they're they're done for a lot of different reasons. Or we haven't, yeah, it's kind of step up a little bit here. Does that yeah. that give you a little bit more confidence that the people that are behind the companies and running the companies are are doing some buying on their own and also instituting a lot of big buybacks. I think that's one of the most bullish things that we've seen, the fact that insiders are starting to step in and buy their stock because they're judging it as cheap. If you look at the bottom in 2020, bottom in 2018, these were all times when insiders really stepped in and bought. Now, if we were to be going into a weaker economic scenario and those earnings estimates are too high, then then you know we might not be in a scenario where things are as cheap. But I think that is a very bullish thing in the near term that's happening. And I think on buybacks, you know, we still have 
of the last time I ran the numbers, about two and a half trillion dollars of cash on on balance sheets in the S and P five hundred. Of course, not all of that can go to about to buybacks, but a significant portion can. And we are seeing buybacks start to tick up now that we're outside of the quiet periods. So that can be supportive for the market. But then, of course, we would reengage, you know, in in maybe some more weakness when we get into the third quarter. We start reporting in July when we go back into those quiet periods. So those two things, I think, are supportive for the market near term, uh, but you know, don't necessarily mean that we're out of the woods. Uh, Cameron, I want to bring up this slide. I, I was feeling pretty, I don't know, concerned about this the other day. Uh, every bearish thing that I every every time I, I get negative, it really it's because of the consumer that I that I feel that way, right? Where I, I just question how much more inflation can the average person really take. Uh, when their wages aren't keeping up with it. And so this slide kind of quantifies that a little bit. Can you help me feel a little better about it? Because I, I, I can't, I just can't believe that we can, that people can take another couple quarters of this, you know? I don't know if I can make you feel better, uh, but I maybe I can give you confirmation bias here because oh, it is pretty wild. We've been having negative real wage growth uh, since April of 2021. And that actually coincides with the plunge in consumer confidence. And so we go all the way back a year. And for one year, wages have been growing at a slower pace than prices. For an entire year, we've been losing purchasing power. Now, initially, that wasn't a problem for consumers because back in April, we still had supplemental unemployment and we had child care tax credit as well that was helping to boost spending. And there still was an overhang from elevated savings balances built up during the pandemic. But now you fast forward a year, we don't have childcare tax credit, we're done with a supplemental unemployment. And a lot of those savings balances have been spent down. Now, there's different ways to cut that data. Uh, but but the one that we look at is Mizuho, Steve Rusciuto, he estimates that two thirds of the excess savings balance is held by just the top 10% of households. And so what that means is that the majority of consumers don't have excess savings. So that's why they're turning to credit. They're turning to credit to bridge the gap between what they want and what they can afford. And you saw a huge surge, a record surge in credit last month, or it was in March, actually, that's the most recent data, came in double what expectations were. And so clearly we have this shift where people are starting to, to turn to credit in order to support spending, but that has a, has a limited runway to it. There's only so much credit that they can build before we start right. seeing deterioration in consumer balance sheets. Good news is we had spent, we had really reduced credit during the pandemic. So we're not at levels that are extreme yet, but I would say that would expect to start seeing more softness, mostly in interest rate sensitive parts of, of retail sales like autos and housing should right. start to see more softness yeah. because prices there are just are just through the roof. And and you can look at the data we got this morning. We got personal spending up 0.9% in, you know, month you know, in April, which just means people are spending more money because they have to because things cost more. Yeah, that's uh, that's a nominal number, right? That's not a real number. So we're right. we're in a scenario where people are spending more but getting less. Yep. Um okay. What and stops then- what stops like I'm just the, the root of the whole problem here has been inflation. Hmm. Do the interest rates, does it eventually just fix itself? Because, you know, interest rates are, you know, are obviously inflation's going up so much and interest rates going up that people just can't afford to buy stuff. So they stop buying and then that eventually brings prices down. 
or do we run the risk of stagflation here, Cameron? So I think the first step is acknowledging that higher interest rates will start to slow demand in the goods part of the economy. And goods have been a major driver of the big upside surge in inflation. Goods inflation was non-existent for the majority of the last 30 years because of globalization. Then you have this big shift to demand in goods, and that leads prices up because you didn't have a concomitant increase in supply, right? So that's why we had this huge increase in goods inflation. Higher interest rates should start to slow demand as well as the waning wealth effect, right? Wealth effect yeah. was a really big driver of goods demand over the past couple of years. People felt flush, and so they spent. That should help. Now, that doesn't solve the broad inflation problem. Because if we look at inflation overall, it has two big issues. It's broad and it's sticky. So broad means that the majority of the components of inflation are now elevated. 80% of the components of the CPI are now above 4%. So if one or two things start to roll over, like used car prices, yeah, it'll bring the headline number down, but there's still an acute inflation problem. The Fed looks at something called the trimmed mean CPI, and that's still at a 30 or 40 year high. It's still very elevated. So that's the one problem. The second problem is that sticky components are now elevated as well. Those are the ones that don't roll over as much. So we could be in a scenario where, yes, inflation comes down from very elevated at 8%, but it would take a much greater slowing in the economy, a much greater slamming on the brakes to get down to the Fed's target of 2%. So I think the thing we'll be talking about over the next couple of months as we go into Jackson Hole is, does the Fed move away from its 2% target? Does it call victory at four or, wow. or, or, or five? And what does that mean for pricing of long bond yields? What does that mean for, you know, for kind of all market pricing? Because if you look at long-term inflation expectations, they're not at 4%, they're still at two and change. And so I think it's a, it's a really important question as we move into the summer months um, and see what the Fed's reaction function really is. What about this this data that that you pulled? And and I know we're jumping all, all over the place from the stock market to the economy, but I, I want to go back to the stock market here for a second because you have this chart that shows stock allocations remain near the high of, of the current cycle. Is I don't even know how to interpret that because because it, I guess it depends on my mood because you could say oh that means there's so much more potential selling demand that's out there, or it could mean hey people are still bullish that's okay they still own stocks. So how should I interpret that? Yeah, you know, it'd be nice to think that human nature changes and that we've all become smarter. Ah. Uh, you know, kind of like the, the Lake Wobegon principle of every child being above average, that we're all above average investors and that we're all able to ride out volatility uh, in a way that doesn't detract from our long term wealth potential. But we know that when people really start feeling pain, they sell because it's human nature. They get scared. And so if we look in aggregate, we can see that even during the sharp market correction in 2020, <laughs> equity allocations dropped to about 55%. 
They went even lower during the during 2000s and 2008 during those bear markets. But to be at all time highs, it really is it, it really is peculiar because people are telling you they feel terrible about the outlook for stocks yeah. because of the bull bear survey, but they're not actually selling. Now there are signs that people are starting to reduce exposure, and that's because when we look at margin debt, you can see that finally starting to come in. I mean, this was the thing at the beginning of the year while we were not willing to call a bottom in the market in February uh, because we weren't seeing really anybody budge on margin loans. And the fact that retail accounts, which owned a lot of names that you know, back in February were already down 40, 50 percent, and yet margin balances hadn't declined. This meant people that were, were still buying dips. They were adding to their risk exposure. They weren't rushing for the exits. But now people are clearly getting stopped out of positions. Margin debt is starting to, to come in. And it's now about at levels we saw during other minor corrections. It got much lower back in the 2000s and 2008 and rolling bear markets or secular bears. But I think that this is at least a sign that you see some of the air coming out of the retail uh, part of the market. We'll see what happens after these rallies that we've seen in retail popular names to see if they start to re-engage again. But, you know, the reality is we just want to see more positioning flush to really get confidence that this is a major sustainable low. Doesn't mean we can bounce in the near term, right? It's kind of two separate questions. We're on the line with Cameron Dawson. Uh, she's the CIO at New Edge Wealth. Uh, Cameron, I just want to just talk to you about the employment situation. Um, mm-hmm. You know, one thing, you know, while the markets are crashing, I mean, just being around in, you know, the local environment and stuff, you still see a lot of, you know, help wanted. Employment still seems to be strong. So I, I kind of I look at it as, well, yeah, they're, you know, they're raising rates, chance of recession, uh, you know, coming on down the road. But I mean, how can you have a recession when you have like a, you know, a pretty strong, you know, demand for, for employment? It doesn't look like the Fed is, uh, you know, is killed off the employment situation yet as far as, uh, you know, new hires and things like that. You think that's uh, the shoes are yet to drop, some layoffs coming? Or do you just think that, you know, the way our economy is diversified coming out of COVID that things are going to be okay? Well, I think you you hit on such an important point, which is that for all the people thinking that the Fed is going to pivot in the near term to being supportive, my view is that things have to get worse before they get better. And so things have to get worse with the data before they get better with a Fed being accommodative or a Fed pivot. We're still so early in this process that, yes, if we look at, at uh, initial jobless claims, they have ticked up. And we've had big, high-profile uh, reports about companies freezing hiring, companies starting to actually do some layoffs. But it's small compared to the degree of tightness in this labor market. We actually haven't seen job openings roll over yet. Now, that's a little bit of a lagging number. And a good leading indicator of that is looking at something called the NFIB Jobs Hard to Fill Index. And that has started to roll. 
but it's still at near record tightness. So yes, it's starting to get worse. We're starting to see some easing in the labor market, but you're easing from such a historically tight level that if the Fed were to pivot here, they would just be throwing lighter fluid on this fire of a labor shortage. So we yeah. think that they need to certainly see a lot more weakness in labor markets to really justify stepping in to be supportive of the economy. There's still so much tightness. So, it, you know, unfortunately, this is just beginning. And, and it's so concentrated, right? It, it, it gets headlines when Netflix and Coinbase and Uber all yeah. announce, you know, hiring slowdowns or freezes. But that's all like one segment of the economy. And that's it for now. So uh, I guess we'll see if it we'll see if it spreads. Cameron Dawson is the CIO at New Edge Wealth. Cameron, it is always a pleasure to have you on our show. Thank you so much. Have a great have, have a good Memorial Day weekend. Same to you guys. Thank you for having me. Thanks, All right. Uh, I, I, I'm going to uh, go out of order for a second here on the topics. I do want to, we, we will get to ticker time in a second, but let's skip that and go to the big news item because we're running out of time here in the hour and I, and I wanted to get to this today. Um, so let me make sure we're on that. Can we skip ticker time, Mitch? And and, and, and we'll come back to it, I swear, uh, just in, the, in like a minute. Um, but big news item is uh i'm just gonna come out and say it i don't know how else to say it uh i spencer am leaving benzinga unfortunately um my last day at this great place is going to be next friday june 3rd uh and that's that's the big news. Uh, I told the guys horrible news a couple weeks ago. Yes, I'm sorry. Uh, I am moving uh, back to the great state of New Jersey where I am from. I've been out in Michigan for seven years now. Um, I moved out here in 2015, uh, and and I'm just doing this show. I've been doing this show since 2015 with Joel and Dennis. Uh, but it is time for me to move back home. Uh, before I get married and 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 lay down roots there and start a family uh, uh, closer closer to my family, uh, so the show will go on, Benzinga will go on, everything will go on, uh, but uh, it will go. Well, on. we that haven't heard from pleased. Jason yet about about yeah, right. the show. I mean, right. Well, we kind of got to have like you know, I don't know if it's going to be the same without Spencer the, here. The is chat it? is not pleased. I'll tell the, you that much. The chat is chatting you on chat this. They're giving you well wishes, but they're not pleased. Luke Jacoby says, just tuning in. Anything interesting today? Uh, <laughs> very funny, Luke. Um, so I am very sad. I'm very oh, sad to leave you guys. Uh, I, 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 uh, I haven't done it recently, but like, like a year or two ago, I did go back and listen to like my very first time on this show and wasn't great. <laughs> It wasn't great, but you guys stuck with me. Um, I think on day one or day two, I confused Coke with a Coca-Cola bottling company. Um, oh, which yeah, is, KOF. I mean, Everybody does that. C-O-K-E. It's a confusing. Anyway. Um, well, it's KOF, it's C-O-K-E, and K-O. Which one is right. it? It's very confusing. <laughs> and Anyway, you guys stuck with me, uh, and I, I love you guys. I love everyone in the chat, but Joel and Dennis, I, I, I love you guys. Uh, this the, Doing this show was... Uh, actually, it remains the, the best part of my day every day uh, at work. Uh, it is my favorite part of the day, just hanging out with you guys. Um, and to everyone in the chat that's asking, no, I, I don't have a new job. I, I don't know what the future holds. I'm jumping off 
uh, off a cliff uh, to enjoy life's rich pageant. We'll be taking the summer off and moving at the end of July, but um, I, 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 I will miss you guys very, very, very much. Um, we we want to wish you well, Spencer. I mean, we're going to miss you big time here, obviously. And, uh, you know, we wish you well in New Jersey and um, hope yeah. everything goes well. I, <laughs> I don't know what to say. I'm, you know, I'm sad to lose you too. I, I know. It, it, yeah. it was, sorry, Joe, go ahead. Uh, no, I just going to say it's, uh, you know, it's been an evolution. You know, I remember, uh, you know, when you first started, you didn't, you didn't know. Uh, well, you were over there on the desk, uh, the answering the phones with customer service, oh, and uh, oh. and Brianna left us, and you <laughs> you didn't know. Uh, actually, right before I was going to Israel too. And, and oh you didn't, man, the timing you didn't was know, so bad. The timing was so bad. And you, and you didn't know a stock from a bond. Nope. Um, nope. You know, for a T bill from a T note. Nope. Uh, but uh, no, you really uh, you really helped over the years, and um, for sure. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, thank, thank, it's, I mean, it's, it's I, I, gonna we, be tough. We had we had a lot of, we had a lot of laughs, and the laughs will continue, I'm sure. But uh, that the, that's the news. Uh, no, I'm not starting my own YouTube channel to people. Spec- no, that's not going to happen. I I literally just want to take a couple of months off, enjoy my last bastion of freedom, um, and before I you know have real responsibilities again. And, uh, and just one other thing too, Spencer, yeah. I mean, when I think that when you look back on things, I mean, you, uh, you know, you participated in the show probably during the, the most turbulent economic time in, you know, a century. And, yeah. uh, I think that not only, you know, you and, uh, you know, Dennis, um, no, I really think yet you, you should really take it to heart that, um, you know, a lot of people, that was an extremely tough time. We started the at the close show. There yep. were so many things going on. And um, I think that a lot of people benefited from the way that you were learning about the markets because mm-hmm. they were in a, they were in a similar position. Yep. And, um, you know, I really think that, uh, you know, you can take that to, to heart that you really, really helped uh, a lot of people um, navigate an extremely difficult and treacherous investing environment yeah i mean you're exactly right that was my first crisis right covid covid was my first crisis uh and so i feel like i was going through with the rest of you guys not you know panicking every every other day but uh learned more than i ever could have imagined imagined learning like joel said i didn't know a stock from a, a bond when i started here and uh and uh a lot's a lot's happened in seven years but I, you know, I, I think this is a, as good a time as any to move on, and uh, that's that's what's going to happen. Uh, but I would definitely miss waking up with you guys every single day. Well, you know, not with you guys, but with going to work and doing, doing the show with you guys every day. Uh, it's been an absolute blast to just learn from you, the two of you, and the chat, and all our guests. Uh, but to see you guys up close, the, the the one regret I have, I will say, is I I ne- right before before Dennis moved to like. Antarctica. I, I never got huh. to go over to his house and like actually like watch him for a morning. I would have liked to do that, but you know, oh, like, you can still do that. You're still invited. Oh, you're like eight hours away. I'm not going to uh. do that. <laughs> well, they're so, called airplanes. Uh, do you have? I'm an air- hour and twenty from Toronto. <laughs> do they have airports in Canada? Airports. Yeah, we only have dog sleds in Canada. You got to go by dog sled. Yeah, uh, I want to drop in right quick, quick, yeah. um, and just say, Spencer. You know, I I wouldn't be here. If it wasn't for you, really, at the end of the day, um, that's how I got to Benzinga was watching you guys, you three do your thing. 
And I, I appreciated the vibe that, that the show gave, right? This is the reason why I'm at Benzinka. It's because the energy, the love, the passion for the markets. So thank you for everything you've done for us. Thank you, Mitch. I do. I really do. I never like thought of myself. I still don't think of myself as like a personality. I don't think of myself as like an influencer. I, I don't, I'm not any of those things. I'm just a regular person that is learning along with all, all y'all every, every other day. And I, it happens to have this platform. Um, I'd call you a pioneer of Benzinga. Oh, thank you. Uh, thank you, Mitch. I do appreciate that. And thank you to everyone in the chat. I'm, I'm trying my best. I'll go through these comments later, but the, the comments are extremely nice, which is unlike every other day. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. I'll let you guys uh, take it from here. They, all right, Joel's going to go over to Pre-Market Prep Plus. Uh, I actually have to hop as well because I got to prepare for our next show, All Access. Um, so that was the big announcement. I'm sorry it took longer than I thought. I thought we would have time to go back to tickers, but you can do some ticker time with, with Money Mitch here. We're all depressed now. I know. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm it's sorry. Hard. I'm like, I'm, I don't I'm even sorry. know. I can't trade look, now. We still have an, a whole week, okay? Well, Monday's, Monday's an off day, but Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, next week, I'll still be here. Uh, so don't run me out just yet. Um, but uh, it's gonna be um, it's gonna be an interesting week, and uh, I, I'm nervous. I'm excited. Look, I, I guess I'll, I'll wrap with this. In, in 2015, I I only moved out to Michigan in the first place because I was I was 24 years old and I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life and I had no responsibilities and I, I and and I got this job offered at this company with a weird name that I couldn't <laughs> even pronounce. And I thought Michigan. Why the heck would I move to Michigan? Well. Why wouldn't I move to Michigan? Like, if I'm going to do it, if if I'm going to go on an adventure, I'm going to do it right now. And Hell I did, yeah. and I went on the adventure, and it worked out for me. And now it's think it's time for life's next ad- adventure. So hey. I'll be I'll be moving back, uh, and 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 then we'll go from there. So I it's just I, uh, a starting of a new chapter for you, Spencer. It, it, exactly. I appreciate a new chapter for us too. Yes. A new new chapters all around. Um, oh, not not my phone. People are texting me now. That's weird. You see, um, they they loving you, man. Who, who has my number? Um, <laughs> no. So uh, I I really did. I I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna cry. Maybe I'll cry my last day, but I'm not gonna cry today. Um, I, I heard in the chat. It's not that I'm crying. It's that I'm cutting onions. That's so right. that's right. Um, <laughs> so with all this being said, I am gonna hop off of this stream, and I'll see you guys on our next show, which starts at nine fifteen in the interim. You can use some ticker time with Money Mitch if you if anyone uh, uh, has any tickers. I know there's a few we didn't. It was a lot we didn't get to cover today. Uh, but Dennis, I'll see you on Tuesday. Okay, so same time. Oh yeah, same we have time Monday same off. Place. I didn't off even realize three both, day weekend. Don't forget, we're off on Monday. Oh my gosh, I would have been trading. Thank you for letting me know that. I'd have I been know. like, what the heck, man? My stocks aren't moving. That's why I exa- my real job here is just to remind Dennis of holidays. No, I forget days. everything. I'm still still gonna have to do that. You still right. have to send me reminders. All right. Dennis, I'll see you on Tuesday. Mitch, uh, uh, the floor is yours, sir. And and then I will see you when you step in to uh, hang out with me for a few minutes on, on All Access in like Let's an hour and a half. But everyone in the chat, I love you. Okay? It's not goodbye. See you later. Um, don't know what else to say, but we have four more days together. Four so, more days, uh, guys. So four, be four. there next week. Hey, Do not miss any show. Now you have an incentive you want to be watch there. every show next week because they will be my last. Hell yeah. We're going to blow up that chat for Spencer. Yeah. Let's go ahead. Let's get into the market, right. guys. I'll let Spencer get on out of here. You guys will see him in a little bit, so don't worry. Spencer's still here. 
Um, let's take a look at the markets. If you guys got stocks to take a look at, throw it up in the chat. I'll go ahead and take a look at it first. I'm just going to give you what I would be looking at today, right? And so what I'm looking at right now is c commodities and basic materials. Um, I've been seeing oil rip right back up. Basic materials came down, but has retraced a good amount now. And the real question is, are we getting back a rip in coal? You can see here how coal went sideways for a little while. And now it's pushing back towards the high. This is the industry kind of uh, index that I have. And then you guys can take a look at stocks like BTU coming on back. AMR is still holding the gains. This has been one of the strongest coal players for a while. It was BTU. But, of course, this one started taking back over. Um, and it's a good one to keep on watch. Uh, you guys can watch some other ones like uh, CEIX, HCC. Look for these to maybe come back if you're seeing coal make a move today. You guys know how I love trading X. So X going to give it to me. We'll take a look here. Um, X going sideways for a long time here. Um, we had about what? Uh, we got 13 days, nine bars that were sideways action. And we just broke above that resistance. So that resistance is near around 25, 29. I'd be looking for pullbacks maybe closer towards 25 um, and maybe 25, 50. But this should continue to go and not come back into those price points. So I'll be watching to see if Steel can make that next leg up. All right, catching up with the chat out there. What's going on? Let's see what stocks you guys want to take a look at. And I'll go ahead and I'll do so. All right, I did see a super sticker. What do you got? You think BIG can go down further? Matt Miller? Okay, let's take a look really quickly. BIG. Um, BIG is one that I was actually calling towards the upside when we had that pop and target and then it turned around right um could this continue keep coming down yeah it has room um i think it has room down there towards 23.04s where it already touched um it went down towards 22.64 so be careful with that 23 dollar level if that cracks it could come right back down um one area that you want to see it get above and close is above this 26.79 because it could come back into the shadow zone if it comes back into the shadow zone that's from here to here. That would not be a bad look there for BIG. I think a lot of this is going to be depend on how the market trades today. All right, what's going on in the chat? I see XOM up another 10, 20%. Yeah, XOM has been an absolute monster. I'm actually looking for a $100 move on XOM. Um, we've been talking about that since around the 80s. It's almost up there. It's at 96. Showed a little bit of a topping action though. Uh, yesterday you can see here this is called a harmy at the top and it could be kind of the evening star if you get a down candle today so just be careful there as you're seeing this one show a little bit of topping but if it can get back through that high that high 97.43 you should look for that lift we'll see what happens there all right what other ones being mentioned in the chat i see costco we already covered that um what other ones being mentioned here amd Let's take a look at that. All right, AMD has been coming on back, but one thing that I noticed on AMD is that you have a solid bottom around 90 or 89.60s, 89.50s, as you want to put it. You don't need to be exact, but the big thing is around that level, AMD keeps finding support. So I'm going to keep an eye on this to see if it can get back through that high that we had from Tuesday, uh, May 17th, and that high is 103.20. That's what we're going to look for, a little breakout above and then start coming back. But if it does come back towards the 90s, we'll see what happens if it can hold that on the next move down. All right, seeing a lot of stocks mentioned in the chat. 
I'm going to go ahead and wrap up in about seven minutes here. Um, so Spencer should be ready in about seven minutes here. We'll keep it going here. Um, let's, let's run through some other stocks here. Etsy being mentioned in the chat. I haven't taken a look at that. I was surprised on the Ulta earnings. Um, I have shopped at Ulta. I know the chat was talking about how men shop at Ulta also. And yeah, I went to go get a, a nice cologne at Ulta. So, um, hey, as you guys can see, Ulta did good. But Etsy, Etsy's a little bit different, right? It's it's a lot of times kind of these extra purchases like, let's say, shirt designs or specific designs that you want, something custom. And I think that it's going to fight here. But the only problem is, can it actually come back? I don't know if it can actually come back towards 300. Um, you know, it's going to need a lot of kind of uh, some earnings turnaround to get it back up there. I mean, that's a pretty significant move. Let's go back and see if we've retraced the full 100% from pre-pandemic. And we're right around those levels. So I, I say somewhere around 60 is where I'd be looking for this one to kind of find some bottoming action. It has made a nice little push up, but I don't know if it's going to be able to continue and ride it. All right. Seeing some other stocks mentioned in the chat. <laughs> Did you really bring up Nicola Buglog? Nicola, I got in trouble for this stock because um, someone wrote to me and they were like, man, you can't be so negative towards Nicola. I'll try my best. Um, let's take a look here. Uh, definitely down there towards 680s. I think you can get a move towards 764, but there should be resistance up there towards $8. I think this might be a rip to sell in my eyes. All right, let's keep going. What else has been mentioned? We'll have to join Twitter to follow his career. Very talented. Hey, I love the the comment there for Spencer, Sabrina. Appreciate it. Uh, let's go look at Tesla. Tesla did make a nice bounce yesterday. Uh, got back up there through the 695. 700 is a point to watch today. Um, if you get a retrace, um, we want to see 700s hold because if not, it could break through that 695 and you're right back down to 660s. So just keep an eye out on that one. All right, uh, PCE, or did I miss that conversation? It wasn't really that important, and it wasn't that much off the estimate. So I don't think it's going to really make an effect on the market. Let's take a look at F from Miss Whitehorse. Um, this has bounced back. Uh, it has done a little bit of bounce back, but still in a bearish trend. I don't want people to get too crazy. A lot of these charts are showing charts like this, where you just slightly got above the trend line, and now today would be that day that, yeah, if you get it to the 1350s, yeah, you could say, okay, we're closing back above the bearish pattern and we're good. But I do think that F could come right back down here and get closed, let's say, around 1280s, and you're right back in the bearish trend. Good morning, Mighty Shoulders Trades. It's good to see you in the chat, man. Uh, Vilma Lopez, I haven't seen you in here, so hey. Congrats for joining. Please hit the like, guys. We got a, a 482 likes. Can we get like 700 likes for Spencer? Come on. Help him out. All right. Let's keep going. LUV being mentioned. We did see some airlines catch a little bit of a bid yesterday. Um, the real question is, you know, is this the bottom for the airlines? You know, the airlines went down significantly in the pandemic, but we're seeing them finally catch some sideways action. Sideways action is a good look. Of course, if we take out 40, you don't want to be a part of this. But a move back above 50s is going to look actually pretty bullish there for the airlines. We'll see if we can get back up above 
that 46 today and then making a move towards 50. Basic materials, I talked about it. I think you could catch a bid there. I think it was just a correction, and now you're seeing that ramp right back up, but we'll have to take a look at it there. All right, WGO being mentioned, Winnebago. I haven't taken a look at this one. I mean, it's a summer stock a lot of the times. Likes to run in the summer because people go buying of Winnebago's in the summer. Um, it's not a bad one to watch. It just filled the shadow. So look for a move back above 50 to actually hold. I think that's what you need to watch. Right now you're at around 40, 49. And you can see here how the 50 is right above it. You need to close up there to show you that strength to continue. All right, guys, it's 9.12. I, I got about like two minutes left here, and then I'm going to get you on out of here. All right, uh, what's going on here? Uh, no, I just got to answer something in the chat here. Sorry about that, guys. All right, just keeping it going here. Let's take a look at Home Depot. Home Depot did get a little bit of a bounce. I did see like kind of uh, a little bit of a, a kind of ramp back up here in Home Depot. So keep your eyes on Home Depot to see if it's going to be able to come right back on up there. I think it's one to keep on watch. A lot of times Home Depot likes to run in the summer. You know, a lot of people buying probably some uh, lawn care stuff. So we'll see what happens if there's a big kind of move in the Home Depot. Uh, Lucid, Sam Z. All right, Lucid. Let's take a look there. So Lucid's back up there towards 1850s, trying to get back up there towards the 21. I think if you get a real down day today in the market, you could look for potentially some shorts in Lucid, but I will let you know I've been kind of leaning more to the bearish side on Lucid. Uh, last one I will do is FL, uh, Foot Locker. Foot Locker is one that um, we're looking to see if it fills the gap. Uh, there's a big gap right above it. It's trying to fill in there. It's gone up already. Let's see if it comes up in that range and then goes up there towards 38 today. Not a bad one to keep on watch. All right, guys. I will see you guys over on All Access. So join All Access, and then we'll see you guys over there. I'll be joining around 1040 probably already got a trade in or two i'll let you guys know exactly what i trade and of course stick around guys for all access maybe you might find a story to go ahead and invest in let's go ahead let's bring you over to all access until then guys next time on pre-market prep and of course you guys heard it from spencer be here next week guys we gotta wish uh spencer a good farewell I want you guys blowing up in the chat. I want you guys getting all your friends here to say a, a goodbye to Spencer. Let's push it. Let's see a nice next week. And I'll see you guys as I'm leaving the Colorado and moving on over to the Charlotte life. So, hey, if you're out there in Charlotte or North Carolina, holler at me. All right, guys, I'll get you guys over to All Access. And let's go. Let's keep it going right here on Pre-Market Prep. Say goodbye 
credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.